Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 80, verses 1 through 7 and 17 through 19. Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock. You are enthroned upon the cherubim. Shine forth before Ephraim and Benjamin and Manasseh. Stir up your might and come to save us. Restore us, O God. Let your face shine that we may be saved. O Lord God of hosts, how long will you be angry with your people's prayers? You have fed them with the bread of tears, and given them tears to drink in full measure. You make us the scorn of our neighbors, our enemies laugh among themselves. Restore us, O God of hosts, let your face shine that we may be saved. But let your hand be upon the one at your right hand, the one whom you made strong for yourself. Then we will never turn back from you. Give us life, and we will call on your name. Restore us, O Lord God of hosts. Let your face shine that we may be saved. Zechariah chapter 14, verses 1 through 9. See, a day is coming for the Lord when the plunder taken from you will be divided in your midst. For I will gather all the nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city shall be taken and the houses looted and the women raped. Half the city shall go into exile, but the rest of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Then the Lord will go forth and fight against those nations as when he fights on the day of battle. On that day his feet shall stand on the Mount of Olives, which lies before Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives shall be split in two from east to west by a very wide valley, so that one half of the mount shall withdraw northward, and the other half southward. And you shall flee by the valley of the Lord's mountain, for the valley between the mountains shall reach to Azal. And you shall flee as you fled from the earthquake on the days of King Uzziah of Judah. Then the Lord my God will come, and all the holy ones with him. On that day there shall not be either cold or frost, and there shall be continuous day. It is known to the Lord, not day and not night, for at evening time there there shall be light. On that day living waters shall flow out from Jerusalem, half of them to the eastern sea and the other half to the western sea. It shall continue in summer as in winter. And the Lord shall become king over all the earth. On that day the Lord will be one, and his name one. First Thessalonians chapter 4 Finally, brothers and sisters, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you learn from us how you ought to live and to please God, as in fact you are doing, you should do so more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus Christ. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from fornication, that each one of you know how to control your own body in holiness and honor, not with lustful passion like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one wrong or exploit a brother or sister in this matter, because the Lord is an avenger in all these things. Just as we have already told you beforehand and solemnly warned you, for God did not call us to impurity but in holiness. 
Therefore, whoever rejects this rejects not human authority, but God, who also gives his Holy Spirit to you. Now concerning love of the brothers and sisters, you do not need to have anyone write for you. For you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another, and indeed you do love all the brothers and sisters throughout Macedonia. But we urge you, beloved, to do so more and more, to aspire to live quietly, to mind your own affairs, and to work with your hands as we directed you, so that you may, be, so that you may behave properly toward outsiders and be dependent on no one. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about those who have died, so that you may not grieve as others do, but have hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring, a, bring with him those who have died. For this we declare to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will by no means precede those who have died. For the Lord himself, with a cry of command, with the archangel's cry, call, and with the sound of God's trumpet, will descend from heaven, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we, who are alive, who are left, will be caught up in the clouds together with them to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Good morning and welcome to, I'll call it Friday of Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from North Yarmouth, Maine. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 80, Zechariah 14, and 1 Thessalonians 4. And you will notice that the cover art changed for the podcast. This isn't permanent, but with every change of season, the liturgical color changes. And so um, the readings, you'll notice if you follow along on Daily Lectio or the Vanderbilt Library um, RCL calendar, You'll notice that on Wednesday, was it Wednesday? Maybe it was Thursday. Thursday, yesterday, uh, I didn't record because it's a holiday. I don't record on holidays. Um, that the readings dropped complementary or continuous. So the continuous reading is, like if you want to read the, the whole Bible in a year, uh, complementary is related directly to the Sunday readings. And those were dropped because in Advent, the prescribed readings are much more I don't know, important, or, you know, they, they don't do uh, complementary or um, continuous anymore. They're all complementary. Because we've changed seasons, um, you may know of the first Sunday in Advent. It's coming up on, what is it, Thursday, or I'm sorry, 30th is what I'm trying to say. Um, or is it the 29th? It's the 29th. Um, but... The liturgical weeks begin on Thursday, and they end on Saturday. Uh, wait, Thursday, and they end on Wednesday. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the readings anticipate the Sunday reading and the, and the sermon and everything else. And then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they reflect back on the same Sunday. So Thursday was the first reading the first day for the readings of Advent. So Advent, uh, you may know this, uh, you may not, but Advent is the season of anticipation where we wait for Christmas, for Jesus to be born. Um, and Advent means arrival, 
Um, it's also a word that's used in the New Testament in Paul's letters and, and elsewhere um, to mean the second coming, the second arrival of Jesus. Um, and so there's going to be a lot of uh, revelation readings and um, you know, kind of apocalyptic kind of stuff. But there's also going to be the readings that we're aware of, of like literally Jesus came in the form of a baby, was born of a woman, um, and that waiting, that anticipation is what marks Advent. It wasn't always this way. The earliest liturgical season leading up to Christmas after it was decided in maybe the third century, I think, um, the the earliest liturgical season was called Martin's Lent or Martin Ma- uh, Martintide. And Martintide went from uh, St. Martin's Day on November 11th all the way through Christmas Eve. And it used to mark the beginning of the liturgical year, which Advent does now. Um, and it wasn't a time of anticipation. It was a time of mourning and lament, just like Lent is. That's why it was called Martin's Lent. Um, but now, I think, I think the 7th century is when Advent became uh, popularized. And the how we mark the the turnover of the year, the liturgical year, is different. Um, now we do it with a season of anticipation, and um, as we wait for the Christ child for, for Christmas, um, and it's different from Lent, and we, we do not lament and, and grieve and, and think about um, how we could do better. Instead, we think about what's coming or what is to come, and we use... The, the nativity story as uh, a, a way to think about, you know, the second nativity, the second advent, and that is when Christ comes again in glory um, and we see what, you know, the consummation of the world looks like. Um, so it's apocalyptic, but it's also really practical. Um, the nativity of the Lord or the 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 birth and the the begin or the it's not the beginning that's Genesis, but the the birth and the arrival of the of the Lord Jesus is how Christians mark their new liturgical year, um, and the the year is front loaded. Uh, we don't just have Christmas; we also have Epiphany. We have um, and then we we have Lent and Easter right after that in the first couple of months, really. Um, and then we return to ordinary time. Ordinary time is green. Advent is a dark blue. Sometimes people use purple, but it's supposed to be dark blue. Um, and that's why the podcast episode art is different. Um, and the the reading from this morning, and I'll I'll have to keep it brief. Um, I've got a phone call with the VA soon, actually. Um, it kind of it it's a it's a foreshadowing of what's to come with Jesus. Um, it's about future warfare and final victory. And it talks about how um, this final battle is going to be waged. And it isn't necessarily good news because the people will flee just as they did from the earthquake. Um, and there won't be cold or frost. There won't be night or day. It's this just, you know, and, incredible day uh, or moment when um, that arrival occurs again 
uh, and yet it already has, because it's also, on the one hand, um, alluding to Jesus, the Lord will become king over all the earth, and the Lord will be one in his name, one. Um, that's kind of a dig at the polytheism that surrounded them when um, Zechariah was written, but it's also, in the Christian imagination, um, an allusion to the Trinity, that um, God, Father and Son, will be one. Um, and it talks about how, you know, whatever God does is also uh, what Jesus does. And Jesus goes forth and fights against the nations as he does on a day of battle, just as the Lord does. Um, and the imagery of, uh, you know, Jesus in combat is, you know, it's usually reserved for apocalyptic literature or the, the parts of the Bible that are apocalyptic. Um, but it's also really important to realize that Jesus is a military commander. Um, we don't just get it here, but again, I'm writing about this, so it's top of mind. Um, Jesus's name, or the name Jesus, is a modernized version of Yehoshua, or sometimes you say Yeshua. You know, Messianic Jews really love talking about Yeshua. Um, it's, it's something more like Yehoshua. And that was the name of Joshua. Joshua in Hebrew is Hoshua or Hoshea. Um, and in Numbers 13, 16, Moses renames Joshua by adding the divine name as a prefix, Yah or Jah, Jahoshua, Yahoshua, Yeshua. Um, and so the Greek um, for Jesus gets kind of pushed through in Latin and then through modern English as Jesus, but his name is Joshua. Jesus is this figure who leads God's people on a military campaign to uh, conquer, take, and hold, and then distribute the promised land. Um, and that's another reason that um, Advent readings are apocalyptic, because we're thinking about the new Jerusalem. We're thinking about what it means that we are being, we're finally occupying, inhabiting um, the promised land. Well, under jo under the first Jesus, um, we, you know, that was done through physical military force. Um, with the second Jesus, it's, you know, if we believe Paul was right that our fight isn't against flesh and blood, but the powers and principalities, the second Jesus will be a little bit different, but he will still be a military commander. He will still be a soldier fighting, just as we see here in Zechariah, who stands on the Mount of Olives and scares the shit out of everybody and they flee to the valleys. Um, so it's important to get our military metaphors and language right, to not shy away from it. Um, and it's it permeates our faith. It's I mean, it's Advent now, but um, when we think of what happens on Easter... I won't get into that because it's very interesting and fun, but it's also very long. Um, the The ideas that we have about God um, sometimes drive the conversation instead of uh, us allowing our conversation to be driven by what's going on in the Bible. Um, I still <laughs> I feel like a conspiracy theorist sometimes talking about Joshua and Jesus being the same person because everybody knows it's true. Scholars, like, they don't deny it but they don't apply what that means to our faith that Jesus 
has already we already know what Jesus uh, what his function is. It is to bring us to the promised land, and he has done that before in flesh and blood, um, you know, and and also prefigured in the Canaanite campaign, which we call genocide, which is unfortunate. But anyway, um, so we we begin a new liturgical year. Uh, First formation begins its third season, which is exciting, um, and we get to to have a new uh, color. Uh, on the podcast art and, and liturgical color um, in church um, on Sundays. So um, here at the the beginning of the year, the head of the year for the Christian liturgical calendar, um, we have these readings that remind us of the centrality of the of a military uh, imagination, um, one that brings order and also establishes the land and distributes it. Um, you know, there's there is Never a day, I don't think, in which a martial hermeneutic, uh, this way that we can read the Bible with and through soldiers, um, I think that there's there's never a day where it is not applicable. Um, and I think that's good news for grunts, that they they are central, they're integral to the story. And, and my prayer is that none of us ever forget that. Prayer for the first week of Advent from the Book of Common Prayer. Almighty God, give us grace to cast away the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Now, in the time of this mortal life in which your Son, Jesus Christ, came to visit us in great humility, that in the last day, when he shall come again in his glorious majesty to judge both the living and the dead, we may rise to the life immortal. Through him who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with Pew Pew HQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in an episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.